0: Well, I'm going to, as Mike uh, mentioned earlier, continue our series in John's Gospel. We're almost at the end of it now. And I'm going to look at the final I am saying this week. And then Mike is going to wrap it all up for us next week. And the I am saying, as I mentioned at the start of the service, is when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And I'll, I'll just read the uh, passage which you can find in John chapter 15. Starting in verse 1, Jesus says this I am the true vine. And as, as Jesus has done so often throughout this little series we've been doing, he takes something that is ordinary, that was just common um, around Israel in those days, and he applies that to himself. So he's already done it with shepherds, he's done it with gates, he's done it with light, he's done it with bread, and now he does it with a vine. And, um, and yet, this is the only picture. So he's obviously, he's communicating to us something about himself, but this is the only I am saying where it also has a UR, are." I am, you are. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he is giving us this picture of himself, but he's also making it explicit to us how we fit into the picture. And I've been kind of trying to work my way, wrestle my way through this passage over the last week or so as I've prepared for this. And there's a few things that have jumped out at me. So the first is that in this passage, we're really given... um, A cause to wonder, if you will, a reason to worship, if if that's not pushing us too hard at the end of what has been quite a grim week. Um, A reason to wonder, a reason to worship. And I'm finding that at the moment I am constantly thinking about everything that's pressing and everything that's immediate. Whether that happens to me, what tier are we going to go into? Or what have I got in the diary this week? Or how am I going to get to the end of the week? or, Or how am I doing today in the light of everything that's happening? And all of that, obviously, is important, but, and it's necessary. But sometimes it can be, I think, a really healthy thing just to put all of that just to one side for a little while and to step back and just consider afresh, what is it that Jesus says to us about who we are, who we are in him? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And so one of the things that that says to us really clearly is that we are part of Jesus. And what he doesn't say is, I am the stalk of the vine and you're the branches that go off the stalk or I'm the root of the vine and you're a little bit that comes off. He says, I am the whole vine and within that, you are a branch within me. So he is the whole and we're a part of it. If he was around today, he might have said something like, I am the smartphone and you are an app that is on the phone. I am the whole phone, everything that it involves, but you are part of that and that you are something that exists within it. You exist within me. And so he's saying here, he's using this picture to communicate to us just how almost inconceivably close we are to him. It's not just that you are connected to me, it's that you are a part of me. I am the body and you are a limb. I am the smartphone, you are an app. I am the vine, you are a branch. And the Bible elsewhere and frequently in the New Testament talks about our relationship with Jesus in terms of the language of us, our being in Christ. So Paul says in Ephesians, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him. And there's loads of other verses that I could have picked. And it's, um, it's kind of hard to get our heads around what does it mean to be in Christ, or at least I find that a bit of a mind bender, um, and in many ways there's, I don't think there are any perfect analogies, and this definitely isn't one, but it's anyone one I could come up with, um, I think of it sometimes a little like this, um, just before our son Zachary was born, so about a year and, year and a bit ago now, um, Beth was obviously pregnant with him, and I remember one evening we were lying in bed, and she was just getting really antsy, couldn't, couldn't get to sleep, and I said, what's what's up? And she said that um, Zachary, I think she was, uh, I don't know, eight months pregnant at the time. Zachary had hiccups. And uh, in the womb, he had the hiccups. I didn't realize babies could get hiccups in the womb, but he did. And I remember putting my hand on Beth's um, tummy and just feeling him literally as he kind of jumped up and down with the hiccups. I thought it was amazing. She was less impressed because she just wanted to go to sleep. But um, when, when, when Zachary was inside Beth, and Beth said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Asda. Zachary couldn't say, oh, I don't fancy that. I'm just going to stay at home. When Beth said, I feel like some apple pie or some chocolate, Zachary just had to eat apple pie and chocolate, as it were, for his, for his snack or for his dessert, because he's there inside of her. When Beth's hanging out with a certain group of friends, Zachary is there hanging out with a certain group of friends. And w- basically, wherever she goes, he goes. Whatever she eats... He eats. Whoever she spends time with, he spends time with. And obviously this analogy is weak in loads of ways, but but if we can capture the idea that we are part of Jesus, we're, we're, we're in him, what that means is, here's where it affects our lives, whatever he receives, we receive. Because he lives, we live. Where he goes, we also will go. And what that means for us in all sorts of ways is because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, we're told we're seated in Christ in the heavenly places. Because um, Jesus has every spiritual blessing and we're in Jesus, we're part of Jesus. We also get every spiritual blessing Jesus is a part of God. He's part of the the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the most intimate relationship that exists, that will always exist. Where are we in that? We're right at the heart of it because we're in Jesus. We're in the Son. And it might not seem particularly practical just to consider that, but can you imagine? I've been kind of asking myself this question. If every morning when we woke up, we just dwelt on, meditated on, digested and chewed afresh on the truth that we are in Jesus. So everything that is his becomes ours. That the relationship and the security that he has with the Father, we are welcomed into that. What a difference that might make to how we live each day. So, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And that gives us a reason to wonder and to worship. But also... Um, It gives us clarity of purpose because what's really interesting is Jesus could have communicated if all he wanted to say to us is that we're a part of him. He could have communicated that using any plant Um, and he could have used more beautiful plants than the vine. He could have said, I'm the flower and you are a petal and it would have perhaps communicated the same thing. But instead what he chooses to do is use a plant that is not primarily for decoration but for farming. That's what the vines would have been used for, uh, certainly at the time of Jesus and still today. You know, he, he if he was around in the UK today, he might have said something like, I am the wheat and you are the grain. People don't plant wheat for decoration in their garden. If you're planting wheat, it's because you want to harvest it. And in the same way in those days, this is, this is a plant with a purpose. It was planted for the fruit. Jesus chooses that plant. Um, and he's communicating something to us again with this image so if we're a part of Jesus and because we're part of the vine we have all the blessings that Jesus has in the same way because we're part of Jesus we also have the mission that belongs to Jesus we become part of his mission his fruit bearing mission and if the purpose of his life was to please his father glorify the father build the kingdom of his father that's the purpose of our lives now and just in this really simple image, I think he can bring for us clarity. That we're, we're here to live lives that glorify our Father in heaven. And what that looks like in practice is walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And what he says to us with his words and ultimately with his actions is to lay our lives down for those around us. And this is a really hard thing to obviously do, and and it's something for all of us that I think we're we're on a journey with. And I know for me, I can find myself constantly coming back to making everything about me and what I get out of life. And partly that's because we're living in a culture that does tend towards self-obsession. Every other photo is a selfie. But even if we weren't living in this culture, I find myself naturally going towards self-absorption anyway, so I'm not sure I need that much help. Um, And I can find myself asking questions about doing things. How is this going to benefit me? Will this be a blessing to me? What will I get out of this? And one of the things that I've been trying to catch myself recently doing is just that. And challenging myself with the question, Andy, when did this just become about you? Aren't we here to spend ourselves for others? Aren't we here to live a life that benefits others? And if you think about the picture of a vine, it's got fruit that grows on the branch. And, you know, the, 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 the vine can't eat the grapes. If we take the, the, the vine, the grapes, and we make it into wine, the vine can't drink the wine. The vine doesn't benefit from the fruit. Someone else comes, they take the fruit, and they benefit from it. And in the same way, our lives are to bear this fruit. And it's to be, you know, through acts of service, through kindness, through patience through love, through generosity to others, and others come along and they take that fruit and they get blessed by it. This picture for me, when I hear again, I am, you know, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. It reminds me I'm part of his mission. My life is to be laid down to glorify my father. It's to be for the benefit of other people. And as part of the picture in the passage that we just had read, he shows us a few things that can help us as we look to live this sort of life. You know, when I first came to this passage, I understood it to be a passage where Jesus was with, you know, the context is, it's the Last Supper, he's having his final meal with his disciples before he is going to be crucified. And, And I initially had read the passage as Jesus saying, we have this wonderful internal life with him. And it is saying that, it's absolutely saying that. But actually when we set it in context, it gives us a slightly different take on it. He's, he's um, I imagine it almost like I imagine the Situation Room in the White House where they plan operations and they talk strategy and they think about what needs to happen in order to advance what they're attempting to do. He's with his, his crew that he's invested in, the gang, for the last three years. And he's laying out for them, basically, I'm going to be returning to the Father soon and you guys are gonna carry on the mission. And so if you're gonna carry on the mission, here's how you can be effective. These are strategies, these are things that are really gonna be non-negotiables for you as you seek to live out the mission and bear the fruit that my life has been about bearing. And there are two things that he highlights in this image of the vine. The first one is when he talks about the Father. So he says in verse three, "'I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Um, Mike has vines in his garden and he tells me that there is no plant that needs more attention in the whole garden than the vine because they, they just grow crazy and they they put branches out everywhere and they produce leaves everywhere and you know on one level that's fine but if the purpose of the vine is to bear fruit it has to be cultivated it has to be pruned and trimmed back so that the energy in the plant goes into the fruit and not just into the leaves and into other branches and that's again a great image for us as we think about what it is to start following Jesus because what it says to us is that when we come into life with him All of us have had a particular way of living before we come to know him, and we're going to be retrained, and that that training is an ongoing process. It's not that it happens in the early years when we become Christians and it doesn't happen anymore. It's constantly happening. It's constantly ongoing, and so it says, even when we are bearing fruit, the Father will still prune us so that we will become more fruitful. And um, we might not like this idea. I know I don't particularly warm to the idea of being pruned. It doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Um, But think about it like this. Um, Psychologists, one of the things that they say is that for children to become secure and for them to have their identity, they need to be affirmed and they need to be given good things. But they also need discipline. They also need uh, boundaries. And actually, that when they're given boundaries and they're given discipline, that also builds security and it builds identity. And there's a difference between punishment and discipline. The Lord isn't going to punish us. Jesus takes punishment on himself on the cross, but he will always discipline us. And he'll do it because he loves us. He'll do it because he wants to see us thrive. And so elsewhere in the scripture, it talks about how the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father does the child he delights in. It's a sign of his acceptance. It's a sign of his delight. It's a sign of his love. And so we should expect, as we do the journey, that our father will prune us. Prune away old thought patterns. Highlight things to us that we're meditating on that are not of him, that are not good who might highlight things to us in our character or things to us in our behavior, and who'll always do it as someone who is completely for us. In the same way that a, like a great sports coach might get beside a player and say, hey, you are good, and I want you to be great. And so here's what you're doing well, and here's a couple of things you might want to look at. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I yearn for that, and I long for that. Um, And sometimes I've wondered, oh, if only God could send me someone in my life to do this or that. And he does do that for us. But but also don't miss the glory of what Jesus is saying here. The Father himself will do this. A direct line to the Father. And one of the main ways he'll do it, and Jesus refers to his words in this passage, is through his word, it's through scripture. And so even as we're going through a time of uh, suffering and, and pruning, really just through the circumstances that we're all living through at the moment, if we can, in, in these days as well, come back to his word and allow his truth to speak to us and reshape us and reform us, then we'll find that the Father just gently and consistently and persistently is preparing us to bear even greater fruit in his kingdom. So it's the pruning of the Father. And here's the final thing. It's remaining in the Son. we want to bear fruit, the pruning of the Father and remaining in the Son. So Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And in this little verse, there is both a warning and a promise. And we want to take both the warning and the promise to heart. So the warning is, he says, without me, you can bear nothing no fruit. And I want to come back to him and say, not, not a little bit of fruit, just a tiny bit, just like one grape. And he says, no, absolutely no fruit. No fruit can come if you don't abide, remain, make your home in me. And those are not the words of an ordinary teacher. Those are not the words of an ordinary person. None of the I am sayings are the words of an ordinary person. This isn't any other teacher might say, here's a few suggestions or here's some thoughts. If you go off and do these things, you'll be able to do something well. But Jesus is saying the only way you can ever bear fruit in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of my Father, is by abiding and remaining in me. Without me, you can do nothing whatsoever. That's because he isn't just an ordinary teacher or an ordinary person. He's the true vine. As Mike was saying last week, he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. It's our connection with him in the same way that a branch is connected with the vine and all the sap and the life comes from the vine. So it is with us, all of our strength and all of our fruitfulness comes and is sourced and and will continue to be for all of our days in our relationship with him. Without me, you can do nothing. So let's take that warning to heart and chew on it. But here's the other bit that we also wanna take to heart. With me, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. It's a promise for all of us to live the kind of life that I imagine all of us wanna live, a life that is impactful, a life that is effective, a life that leaves a legacy. And it doesn't say the condition is you have to be gifted. It does not say the condition is you have to be confident. Doesn't say you have to have it all together. Doesn't say you have to be perfect. The condition for bearing fruit in the kingdom of God is this: remain in Jesus. What does that mean? I think, in a nutshell, uh, what it means is it being it means being in connection with Him, being close to Him, being in relationship. And in the same way that you know, with a vine you would put a trellis up to help it grow, some kind of structure that helps it grow in the way you want it to grow. We don't need to strive to be in Jesus. We've been told right at the start, we're in him. In the same way that a baby grows inside its mother's womb, we're in Jesus. We don't need to try and get into him. But what can be helpful is to intentionally, deliberately and consciously pursue him pursue relationship with him in the same way that we see Jesus throughout his life he's in the father and yet he'll all the time sneak off find a corner find a place find a mountaintop where he can be alone listening to the words of his father enjoying the company of his father that's what it speaks of and for those of us who are busy and I imagine it's most of us we can feel like I haven't got time for that but you know what that's where the life is and that's where the strength is, because that's where he is. And I've been reminding myself afresh as I've looked at this, what, is, what are the trellises, the ways that I can build into a habit and a routine in my life, those means of just coming back and being close, so that when we do go out and we do do things and life is full of activity, it's something that's done in intimacy and in closeness with him. I am the vine, you are the branch. This is a word of hope and it's a word of promise. It's a word to wonder at and it's a word to take seriously as we look at our purpose. But ultimately for me, it's a word of encouragement that we're here to bear fruit, but we're not here on our own to do it. We're here with the one who is the bread of life, the light of the world, the good shepherd, the way, the truth and the life. And we're a team with him. Amen.